the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. 602-508-0960. There's a lot we're talking about today. There was more testimony on the Hill with uh, General um, Milley and uh, Secretary Austin, as well as General uh, McKenzie, the uh, head of Cent, uh, CENTCOM. Um, they further demolished Joe Biden's talking points from the withdrawal from Afghanistan, they said we did not end the war. They said the war certainly didn't end on our terms. And they said it was, again, a tremendous strategic failure. Never mind all the lies we were told leading up to our exit from Afghanistan. These are pretty big ones. So we were talking about lies and truth and our ability to process it, and once processed, what we do with it. I think right now our processor is broken. I think our processor needs work. And then I was reading about Kamala Harris at George Mason University. The first thought is, why is she doing college and university tours right now? Only a week after... Only a week, a week after they were declaiming against Border Customs and Border Patrol riding on horseback. And only a week after we learned that the Haitians in Del Rio were not returned to Haiti, but scattered throughout the United States. Is our ability to handle the truth broken, or is it our ability to handle lies that is broken? It's an important question the society has to ask itself, because the first wouldn't be a problem if the second weren't. And then Kamala Harris listens to the fulmination of a student at GMU, fulminations of a student from GMU, a student who clearly nobody has ever said the word no to, because she broadcast a series of lies to the Vice President of the United States who nodded in agreement and thanked her. We'll get into that in a few moments. Now Kamala Harris has hired communications and crisis management consultants. You would think an experienced state attorney general, you would think a senator on such high-level committees as the Judiciary Committee, never mind the Vice President of the United States, at this point in the career, maybe you should not think that the problem is is fixable by communications consultants. Maybe that should have been done a while ago. Maybe the whole Kamala Harris-Joe Biden presidency is built on a big lie. You have the least competent person serving as vice president in perhaps 
the realm of the entire Democratic caucus right now. And you have a president who is absent from the job and absent-minded, to put it no higher. It's a lot to process. As things are not getting better, none of this would be as important to me if there was some understanding of who's controlling the levers and things were going well. But things aren't. Things aren't. Dan's in Scottsdale. Hi, Dan. Yes, good afternoon. Uh, I have a two-part question for you, Seth. Uh, Part one, uh, the White House, Jennifer Saki, said that the decision to withdraw without leaving troops in place was a split decision. So if the general recommended that the troops stay, 2,500 or more, then who's calling the shots? Who recommended that all the troops withdraw and overruled the generals? Well, what we know so far, Dan, and it's a brilliantly put question, because what we know so far is that Scott Miller, who was the commander on the ground in Afghanistan, the old uh, David Petraeus job, Scott Miller's didn't give that advice. Mark Milley didn't give that advice, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Head of CENTCOM, commander of CENTCOM, General McKenzie, didn't give that advice. And as Secretary of Defense, a form, uh, also a, 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 a retired general, Lloyd Austin, didn't give that advice. So, yeah, who did? And why, <laughs> why would any of them matter compared to, I guess, what you might consider the foremost, the foremost important generals on the scene? Right? Right. Okay, that's question one. I don't know that I answered it sufficiently, but I agree with you. I would like to know who advised to, to go with the process that we went with. The important caveat to what you're asking, Dan, it's more of an addendum than caveat. The important addendum to all of this is that Millie said today the evacuation plan changed on April 14th of this year. Why is that important? It was important because up until today, the Democrats were high-fiving themselves that they've won the talking point that Joe Biden was just doing what Donald Trump did and set up. Mark Milley said that's not what happened. We wanted the exit to be conditions-based, and the Taliban met none of the and – the, um, and the Taliban in Afghanistan and uh, the Afghanistan government met none of the conditions. None of them. So, yeah, who were these generals saying the hell with the plan before full speed ahead? I'd like to know. It's going to be hard to find them. Right. Um, Susan Rice, the video. General Susan Rice, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. General Susan Rice, General Ron Klain. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, you know, if if you can say that you are a male when you're not, and you can say you're a female when you're not. I know there's a federal law in it. We're probably going to have to uh, revisit it. But I don't know why you can't say you're a general when you're not. So the second part... Of I part, identify as a general. Call me General Liebson, Dan. All right. The second part of my question is, um, assuming that General Milley recommended to the president that the troops stay... And that Biden, A, 
disagreed with General Milley's judgment, and B, doesn't remember what he said just a few weeks ago, then, uh, since General Milley was concerned about Trump's judgment, um, what does General Milley think about Biden's judgment? Uh, and is he going to communicate with various foreign entities now that he doesn't trust Biden's judgment? And uh, is he involved at all in the 25th Amendment? Yeah, those are excellent questions. Here's another one. When's the last time President Biden met the press? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Don't you think we need to hear from the president right now? His four top generals just testified to the American public that he spoke a mistruth and not a small one. I think we should be hearing from the president, and I think he should take some questions. If I were George Stephanopoulos, if I, if, and, 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 and not a Democratic operative, and I was lied to like that, I'd be demanding another interview to follow up. I'd be demanding it. Agreed. People got upset when, this, when the president of the United States looked the American people in the, in the eye and lied about a relationship, a, pers- a, a relationship with an intern. People got upset about that. It forced that president to apologize to the American people, never mind all the legal problems and all that stuff. Just as a matter of leadership, he was forced to apologize to the American people. That was about sexual incontinence. How much more so, how much more so about the war effort and conclusion in Afghanistan? How much more so? Uh, Well, you know, in terms of President Clinton, that was a a really a personal private matter that in, in some respects, until until he lied under under oath in a in a in a in a, in a, in a deposition, it was personal until that point, I suppose. But but, but that my point is, he had to apologize to the American people, irrespective of the legal issue, because he looked us in the eye and lied. Now, all we spent the last four years doing is hearing about the lies Donald Trump told. Tell me one that was significant. Tell me one that was as significant as any of these that have been uncovered over the last two days. Nothing even close. They're in different encyclopedias. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I am Seth Leibson. That is Chuck Mangione. And my producer is Bill, who uh, does great work here. 602-508-0960 with the aid of uh, a little help from his friends over there, Rusty and uh, Anthony, of course. I always forget Anthony. Jeremy is in Mesa. Hello, Jeremy. Huh? Yeah? Yeah. Hi, Jer. Hey. Hey, Seth. Hey, I wanted to know if you had heard this. My wife works as a nurse uh, at... uh, Banner hospitals, and she said that uh, they don't count you as vaccinated unless you've been vaccinated more than two weeks. So if you've gotten the shot within two weeks, you're not vaccinated in their count. I believe that. You, I believe that. I haven't seen it, but I believe it. So 
So if you're going to have an adverse reaction, it's the same. By the way, it's the same. I think it's the same reasoning under under underlying the distancing between vaccines. I think it's part of the same right. biology. Okay. So if you're going to have a reaction, it's going to happen in that two weeks. If it's going to require hospitalization, and you're counted as non-vax. So I remember you you were saying like eighty percent were not vaccinated, but how many of those are getting reactions to the vaccine or or got the disease from from it or whatever and required hospitalization? It's, it's that's yeah. We, we really don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, and it's an important question. This was my point yesterday with the home and the data is um incredibly it's incredible how much data we're missing data that we have access to data right. that's what makes it so suspicious to me jeremy there are it is easy to track this stuff breakthrough deaths for example as it is breakthrough hospitalizations how do i know i know because other states are doing it we have no and idea if- here in arizona Unless and until a a, reporters once in a while decide to put it in a in a in a in a in a news article. If it's a significant number, how can you count that as anything but a lie? It is a if significant that, number. Joe Biden yeah. said Joe Biden said in a CNN town hall in July, two months ago, if you get vaccinated, you won't go to the hospital, you won't get sick, and you don't need to wear a mask. That was two months ago. Of course it's a lie. You want to do it, Bill? Mm -hmm. Bill wants to do it. Listen to this. The various shots that people are getting now cover that. You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Now, it would be fair, I suppose, Jeremy, don't you agree, if someone said, well, that's what he knew then. It wasn't a lie. If he thought that and believed it. Okay. Okay. I I will grant that. But he never admitted to it, A. And B, more importantly, if the serious, and I'm not talking about small stuff. That's a serious thing. That's a far more serious thing than Donald Trump and light and disinfectant. That's a far more serious thing. Far more. Right. And if he was wrong about that, not lying, but wrong because the science or facts changed then why the ardency on everything they've said since then? Because every fact they've told us we had to militantly obey, every single one of them has turned out to have a lot of questions around it, a lot of asterisks, or be completely false. Right. It's the Pelosi doctrine. We've got to do it to find out if it works. Well, yes, I suppose that is the case. (laughs) I suppose that is the case. We'll find out if it works, except they don't care about the ultimate judgment and conclusion. They don't care whether it works or not. They really don't. You think Nancy Pelosi has any interest whatsoever in reforming the health care bill once she found out that a lot of Americans didn't like it because they couldn't keep their doctor or afford health insurance? No. Nancy Pelosi was not rushing back to fix health care, Obamacare. No. Uh, There's no rushing to have some kind of 
some kind of national confession from Anthony Fauci and Joe Biden and the Democratic leadership about the things they got wrong, why they got them wrong, and how we're going to do better next time? No, all we got from Anthony Fauci, the closest thing we got from Anthony Fauci was in his first briefing after Biden was sworn in when he said one thing that's different about this this administration is we will tell you if we don't know. We're not going to guess anymore. He said that. Right. None of that is true. <laughs> well, we're living in a scary time, and COVID is the least of it. Just the, the, the political power they've taken is, is incredible. Oh, I think it's incredible. I think it's uh, – look, people often misquote the aphorism that, that uh, power corrupts absolutely. It says power tends to corrupt in the original. It's power tends to corrupt. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. We know plenty of powerful examples in history of leadership that were not corruptible or corrupting. Uh, Ronald Reagan would be an example. Okay? Ronald Reagan would be an example. A lot of examples. Winston Churchill would be an example. We knew, We used to know what statesmanship was. And not being corrupt was the lowest of bars to get you there. The lowest of bars. But the problem with corruption is the verbiage I just use. One can be corrupt in the, and of themselves. And that's a, that's a social, psychological, or psychiatric issue, probably. But what about when your corruption leads to the corrupting of others? When you are corrupt in yourself and corrupting of others? Then, then we have a problem, Houston. Then we have a real problem. And we have an even bigger problem when we don't recognize it. I can't get out of my head the scientist from Chernobyl. I just can't get the quote out of my head. What is the cost of lies? It's not that we'll mistake them for the truth. The real danger is that if we hear enough lies, then we no longer recognize the truth at all. What can we do then, he asks. What else is left but to abandon even the hope of truth and content ourselves instead with stories? And in these stories, it doesn't matter who the heroes are. Why did he add that? Because here and there, here and there, you do find that some of these literary types understand our culture pretty well. Shakespeare understood the culture pretty well. A lot of our novelists, historians, and writers do. But think about that concept that we just live with lies. We just live with them. Blasé, impassive, unmoved, and we continue them because they serve a certain end. They serve a certain end. And the ends aren't truth and justice. They aren't even the means. Never mind the American way. They aren't even the means. No. If you want to know what ends they are, just remember what Mao said. Millie knows it well. He said he read Mao so he could understand America better. The ends justify the means. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 
0960. I suppose if you control language, you can control man. We we know from Emerson that the corruption of language is followed by the corruption of man. We know from Confucius that when words lose their meaning, people lose their identity. Uh, excuse me. When words lose their meaning, people lose their liberty. That was Confucius. And we know, too, from novels like 1984, the importance of changing words. It goes along with the importance also of changing history. It must be exhausting. It must be exhausting to keep up with all this. This is getting me back to my issue with pronouns. Who was the comedian? I forget the comedian who says you can tell how narcissistic our society has become when you think of the popular magazines and the, the way they've gone. We started with People magazine, and then we got Us magazine, and now we have Me magazine. The personal pronoun, I, we, me, mine, it is what leads not only to narcissism in the individual when it trumps communal obligations and communal understandings. It leads to a triumph of the will. It leads to what Nietzsche, Frederick Nietzsche, talked about in his book, Beyond Good and Evil. It means that there is no organizing lingua franca any more than there is an organizing principle. Think about what this means for humankind writ large when we learn from Aristotle that language and reason are what distinguish us from the animals. Keep in mind what the word truth meant to our founding and what the word we meant to our founders. And now think about what my truth means. It becomes an invention and a fiction that relies exclusively on the triumph of the will, or the will to power, as Nietzsche put it. Triumph of the Will is a propaganda film that was arguably based on Nietzsche's works. Think about what it means when you have an adult praising a student for speaking lies because they were her truth. This is a student, as I said, who no one has ever told no to. This is at George Mason University in Virginia, a student talking with Kamala Harris. It may, um, it may not be totally audible. I'll fill in where it isn't. Go ahead, Bill. But I see that over the summer, there have been like protests and demonstrations in astronomical numbers standing with Palestine. But then just a few days ago, there were funds allocated continue backing Israel, which hurts my heart because it's an ethnic genocide and a displacement of people, the same that happened in America, and I'm sure you're aware of this. And I bring this up also because of the issue of how Americans are struggling because of lack of health care, public health care, lack of affordable housing, and all this money ends up going to um, in funding Israel and backing Saudi Arabia and whatnot. And I think that um, the people have spoken very often in what they do need 
and I feel like there's a lack of listening, and I just feel like I need to bring this up because it affects my life and people I really care about's lives, and this is just something that has to bring up. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. And again, this is about the fact that your voice, your perspective, your experience, your truth should not be suppressed. The student is broadcasting lies on international television to the vice president who's nodding as she tells those lies, the student tells those lies, and then said, I'm glad you said that. Because your voice, your perspective, your truth should not be suppressed. Her truth is not the truth. The truth is the opposite of what this person said. My truth could very well be the notion of my truth could very, very well be the last chapter in the long book of the United States slipping into nihilism. So interesting, having defeated that ideology in World War II, only to have it come back and engrip us. Be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Seth Leifson Show. Let me just, um, after listening to Kamala Harris nod as a student engaged in group libel as well as factual nonsense, and then said it's important that you speak your truth. Let's just do a little truth when it comes to what the president was nodding, vice president was nodding in agreement with, that Israel is committing ethnic genocide. Genocide, understand, is, is, is effectively a neologism. It's a new word, and it came about as a result of what was done to Jews in World War II, wiping out a third of them in Europe, a third where the majority lived. If you want an example of what that looks like, there were three uh, million Jews in Poland before Hitler. There were 45,000 after Country by country, we can play that game. 757,000 in Romania, 280,000 after. That's why the word genocide was coined. To claim that that's what Israel is engaging in, let's be very clear. Let's be very clear. Israel has a higher percentage of Palestinian Arab members of parliament than the U.S. Congress and Senate has percentage of African Americans. Genocide. Genocide. In 1948, when Israel was founded, there were 950,000 Arabs in Israel proper, what you think of as the original lines of Israel. 950,000. Today, 2 million. Genocide. In 1967, all of Jordan, the entire country of Jordan, where in the West Bank was, had 1.3 million population. Today, the West Bank alone, 2.16 million Arabs. Genocide. I don't expect necessarily for Kamala Harris to know that much about history, 
or anything. But she ought to know the difference between genocide and not genocide. And she ought to know the difference between an ally and a non-ally. She ought to know what group libel is. And she ought to know that my truth is less important than the truth. Because my truth is the beginnings of the narcissistic personality disorder, of which I would say the world has had too much of. Yanosh is in Sun City. Hello, Yanosh. Hello. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You bet. I just want to mention about General Milley. I spent three years in the U.S. Army, and it was drilled into us. If your commanding officer gives you an order, you must obey and do what the order says, even if it goes against your politics or your general beliefs. Only after you obeyed and fulfilled this command, you can object or complain against this order. Now, his commanding officer would have been the president at the time. And he could not, should not question any order that comes down to him. And another issue I want to mention is that when people wonder who's running the show, especially in the White House and the government there, I say it possibly be George Soros. He believed in the Esperanto world, and if you look it up, there is no national borders anymore. One language in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, yeah, I, I know. I, 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 I know the Esperanto world. Uh, you know, you're right in that respect. Uh, you're right in open borders. In fact, he doesn't make a very big secret. Neither does his son of what they're doing with the Open Society Foundation. Um, following orders is a tricky one that uh, has changed over the years, of course, obviously since Nuremberg and obviously since my life and the military courts of justice has, have, I think, updated some of those rules and regulations uh, and uh, liberties, uh, individual liberties and rights. That having been said, none of those changes were triggered. None of them. Not a one. Not a one by what Mark Milley said. Not a one. None of the conditions on when to disobey an order were met. Not one. Not one. Um, yeah, let me, um, yeah, that's, that, it's, it's such, it's such an interesting thing you're raising too, Yanosh. Because Mark Milley did something very interesting. He did something exceedingly interesting, and I think we should be very watchful and careful and concerned about it. He has taken the story, talk about not being a political operative, he has taken the story of his, shall we say, unauthorized or ultra-virus conversations with strategic adversaries or enemies, depending on how you prefer to call it. He has taken that scandal and put the scandal back on Joe Biden over Afghanistan. It's a very interesting move on his part. 
it's clear there's something very rotten in the state of D.C. right now when you listen to those generals and Secretary Austin over the last two days. I can't think. I can't think of an example in American history where generals testified so opposite their commander-in-chief, so contradictory of their commander-in-chief. I can't think of it. And I don't mean Donald Trump. I mean Joe Biden. They called out four different lies over the last 48 hours that he told about matters of consequence, matters of life and death. It's an incredible moment. It'll be even more incredible when nothing is done about it. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Did you tell me? I'm sorry. It's all right. I was just in any event. Thank you for spending some of your afternoon with us. If you are on hold, I have some callers on hold. Please call back tomorrow. We will put you right at the top. Just let us know you didn't make it through. This is our shortest segment. I just have to share it with you because I have spent a lifetime looking for this, and I finally (laughs) – I think we finally found it. We give lip service. You hear me often say to Ronald Reagan's dictum about freedom being lost in a generation. I don't think we take it seriously, and I think we Arizonans – have a special obligation to vouchsafe those warnings from Ronald Reagan because the first time he said it was in Phoenix, Arizona. Guess what? I got the audio. We got the audio. Bill, probably no better way to end a show than this. Take it away. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Thank you. It's a beautiful thought when you consider that was the opening of his career in the Republican Party to the very last message he he gave to the American people from the White House in 1989 when he warned about an eradication of the American memory which could lead to an erosion of the American spirit. What bookends are there? What bookends those are that are there? Well, thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. Make of yourself, for God, a pleasant habitat in which to dwell. And until tomorrow, class is dismissed. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 